Welcome to the Day Before Leadership Podcast. I pray it encourages you to move from surviving to thriving in your leadership. If you enjoy it, make sure you subscribe and share it. Here's today's interview. Pastor Tim, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Doing well, D. How about yourself, man? Blessed. Blessed. It's such an honor to spend a few minutes with you. Oh, man, it's my honor. My honor. I honor to be able to spend a little bit of time with you and and talk through uh, life, leadership, man, and just have a conversation, man. Hey, I'm pumped. All right. For three people who are watching or listening to this who haven't already gotten the book, 1440, tell us a little bit about it and why we should get it. Yeah, I, I think... We typically think about time broken up into 24 hours. And, uh, you know, when I begin to really think about how we steward our time, I really start honing in on the minutes of it. And it's 1,440 minutes in every single day. When we really think about that, we have to think about how we steward those minutes that God allows us to live. And doing a little research, I came to find that a lot of times we spend most of our time thinking about yesterday, the regrets of our past, the disappointments, the things that didn't happen, the things that did happen. Or we spend a lot of our time thinking about tomorrow, the hopes, the wishes, the expectations, you know, the anticipations. We really don't take a lot of time to lean into the here and now, the present, what's right in this moment. And so when we do those things, it really limits our opportunity to get the most out of the day that God allows us to steward. And so when we go to bookstores, there are tons of books, man, about time management, about how you should spend your time and about where to schedule your time and to do all of these different things. As I began to pray about it, man, it just really convicted me uh, that it's hard to manage what you cannot control. We can't control time. We can't tell it to stop. We can't tell it to go. We t- can't tell it even to pause or to rewind. We can't get time back. And so if we cannot control time, how can we be good managers of it? And God just told me this. We have to be good stewards over it. And so the way that we steward our minutes determine our moments, and our moments determine our reality. And so my prayer is that people that uh, grab this book or get a hold of the audio book or, you know, the ebook that they understand uh, that there is significance in every single minute. And the way that we steward these minutes will determine the outcome of the futures that we desire and pray for. Come on, Pastor Tim. That's so good. If you're watching this or listening to this, go get The Power of 1440 right now, wherever books are sold. Trust me, it's going to impact not only your day, but your entire life. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Right, when you think look back at 2020, you know, this past year, what's one of the biggest lessons that God's taught you from 2020? Yeah, I think 2020 for all of us, it expedited everything. And so it expedited both the positive and the negative. And I think that it should have taught us that life is not promised the way that we expect and anticipate it to be. And so for me, one of the biggest things that it taught me uh, was to lean into the days that I have and to lean into the relationships that I have and to really be intentional about the time that I spend with those people 
the time that I spend in those moments because things can change in an instant. And so, you know, every conversation that I, that I have, every opportunity that I get to spend with my family, just being those moments so that uh, at the end of them, I can look back over them and have good memories instead of regrets. So good. Practically, how do you do that? Do you keep your phone up? Like, what are some practical steps for people to be in those moments? Yeah, I, I think there's a, a misconception about life that tells us that we can have balance. And the reality is we can't have balance. We shouldn't have balance. Nothing in our life should have a balance of the certain amount of time as the other thing. I, I don't desire to give anything as much balance in time as I give God or my wife or my son. And so if it's not balanced, then it has to be priorities. And so making sure I prioritize and and really um, be intentional with where I steward my time. And so for me, uh, the person that gets the most of my time is God. The second person that gets the most of my time is my wife. The third person that gets the most of my time is my four-year-old son right now. And then everyone else gets the remainder of my time. And when that's my priority, it helps to put things in perspective for me. That's so good. In the position where I'm, I'm pleasing God, I'm making sure that my family is getting the, the most out of me and the best out of me and everyone else gets uh, the leader that they should because I have prioritized my time well. And so, so from a practical standpoint, the reason I, I think that way and the reason I, I try to live my life and steward my life that way is because when I'm taking my last breaths, D, when I'm on my bed and I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning from this life to the next, it's not going to be a church in that hospital room. It's not going to be a bunch of people in a hospital room. It's going to be my family and it's going to be God. And so if I don't spend the majority of my life pouring into those relationships, then I do a disservice to my family and really uh, having an opportunity to see what it is that God desires for them to see because I haven't prioritized my life in the best way possible. So good. So good. Speaking of time, if you can go back in time and tell a younger Tim something you know now, something that would have helped him out. You speak of things that you've gone through with your father and things you've gone through in ministry so often. What would you go back and tell your younger self if you can go back in time? Yeah, I I, I think one of the biggest things, don't shape your life to the expectations of other people. You know, so I started off in leadership when I was 20 years old. And at 20 years old, and you're, uh, for me, I was leading a very mature church, a church that my parents had started, and it, it grew exponentially, uh, you know, mega church in the 80s and, and was just uh, this machine. And so I stepped into senior leadership at 20 years old. And at 20 years old, you know, you find yourself trying to change your approach, your leadership to make sure uh, that people are happy and to make sure that you are um, doing whatever you can to lead them well. And the reality is God has made us authentically us. He's made us to be who he's called us to be. And one of the things that I had to come into knowing is God can't bless who I pretend to be. He can only bless who he made me to be. 
And so if I could tell my younger self anything, it would be don't live your life for the approval or the applause of people. Live it for the approval and the applause of God. And he will draw people to the people that he wants them drawn to. Amen. I love that. God won't bless who we pretend to be, man. So good. You speak of your parents and your mom, Pastor Brenda. You co-pastored with her for a season, and then you became a lead pastor. What was the biggest mind shift or leadership that had to take place in your life? Or for those leaders who are watching right now, they're asking for a promotion. They're they're wanting the next thing. But what's going to need to change in them, and what had to change in you? Yeah, you know, for for me, it was never about leading with. I'll always lead with someone, you know, and it it, it may be a, a person that no one ever sees, but we always have to be accountable to someone, no matter what it looks like. You can be the top dog. You can be the senior pastor. You can be the, the, the highest person in your job. You can be the CEO, but at the end of the day, you answer to someone. And so it's important that you stay accountable to who you answer to. When I led with my mom, um, it doesn't matter what the title was. That's, that's, that's my mom. Um, you know, uh, I lead with leaders. That There are uh, people who desire to lead alone. That's a dangerous leader. You, you can't do anything successful with longevity running alone. God didn't make us to live life alone. He made us to live life in relationship with others. And so for me, I've always thrived in a team approach. Um, even now um, in Jacksonville, I have a team of people um, that work alongside me and we continue to do what we can to push the kingdom of God forward. And so it wasn't necessarily a mentality shift for me. It's the same mentality. I just want to serve. And um, when that's the mentality, it doesn't matter who has served longer than you. Uh, because essentially that above you has just served longer than you. And so for me, that's the mentality. I just want to serve people. If I get an opportunity to do it with people that have served God longer than me, man, that's an honor and a privilege. And uh, for me, that's one of the greatest rewards of leadership. Pastor Tim, you're one of the most genuine people I've ever gotten to talk with and definitely learn from afar. Uh, Definitely indirectly you have influenced my life. So thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Pastor Tim. For so many people who get into ministry, become bitter, become frustrated, they come in with a soft heart, they leave with a hard heart. How have you been able to maintain that soft heart, not get bitter, but get better? What are some of the things that has has helped you? Yeah, I, I think a lot of times we don't get hurt by what happens to us, right? We get hurt by what we expect it not to happen to us. And so when you're in leadership, you have to understand and you have to anticipate that there are going to be moments in your leadership life that don't go the way you expect it. And so for me, it's it's a matter of keeping my ear to the mouth of Jesus. It's a matter of keeping my heart in his hands. And it's a matter of me modeling my life after the life that I have experienced Jesus to live. Um, you know, through scripture and, and and modeled out in front of me. And so those are, those are three of the ways that I really try to um, keep my heart soft towards this assignment and understand that a lot of times when you get hurt, you're getting hurt by people who didn't even know they hurt you. And so, you know, we can shape that and we can frame that by 
keeping our heart in the hand of Jesus and understanding that at some point, sometime, I'm sure that we did something foolish. I'm sure we did something stupid. I'm sure we did something dumb to really disappoint Jesus. And so if Jesus gets disappointed and he is the creator of all things, he is the giver of life, he's the alpha and omega, who are we to not expect to get disappointed along the way of this leadership journey as well? So good. Pastor Tim, you have so much wisdom. Uh, in this next little session, I'm going to give you three leadership words. You tell us what they mean to you. Kind of give us a nugget about each leadership word. You ready? Sure, for sure. All right. First leadership word is conflict. What you got? Conflict. Conflict uh, to me is one of the refiners of leadership. If there is no friction, if there is no tension, uh, how do you know the depth of your leadership? And so conflict uh, in a healthy way can make you and produce muscle. Without conflict, uh, without um, any type of friction or tension, uh, you really don't know the depth of your leadership. I believe that we can all handle conflict, though, with love, with grace, with wisdom. Uh, to get what it is that we feel God has placed in our heart, in our midst, accomplished. Awesome. Awesome. That's such a good one. All right. Second word, real fast, anointing. Oh, man, we can't do anything without the anointing. Uh, It's the anointing that allows us to operate in the assignment that God calls us in. Um, And so anything um, in ministry separate from the anointing is a prophecy that it won't last long. And so for me, I, I, I draw on the anointing. I depend on the anointing. I, I um, you know, live my life from that well because it's the only way I can do what I do in a sustainable way. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Last word, character. Oh, man. I mean, what, what, what or who are you? without character. I think there's two facets of character. I think you have to keep the character of your personality that God gives you in ministry, but also I think you also have to have godly character to keep you in the position that God calls you to. Uh, Without character, uh, you're just gifted. Uh, Character helps to refine that anointing that we just talked about. It helps to uh, extract and pull out of us the greatness that God seeds in us. And so one of the greatest things about character is character reveals the seeds that God sows in us. And without character, those seeds remain buried. And so for me, character is like the, the tiller that brings to the surface the gifts, the talents, and the anointings that God places on the inside of us for the world to see. Come on, man. So good. Well, we want to honor your time. Last question. Celebration Church is multi-ethnic, multicultural. When I think of Celebration Church, I think of a church of unity. I think of a church that looks like heaven. And so talk to us about unity in our nation and talk to us about what's missing and what what the world needs. Because we know that where the church is silent, the devil is shouting. And so how can the church be speaking up during this time? Yeah, one of the things that I'm a big advocate for um, that we need to see in our society, in our churches, in our world, it's not just unity, but it's also agreement. And so it's one thing to be unified. It's something completely different to be in agreement with what you're unified for. And so I think that we not only need to uh, advocate for the unity that we see, uh, but also the agreement and the understanding uh, that we can be different and still 
uh, agree that Jesus is still on the throne and he's still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he created us different for his glory. And so there are typically three areas and it's uh, religion, it's, it's politics and uh, you know, it's uh, occupation. A lot of times and those are only three, three things that we really complain about difference. And when we go to Baskin Robbins, we don't complain about the difference in flavors. When we go to a restaurant, we don't complain about the difference on a menu. And so we have to understand that difference is not necessarily a bad thing, but God can utilize that difference for his glory if we allow him to. And so here at Celebration Church, one of the things that I teach uh, is agreement, understanding what we agree on and understanding what we can unify on. And when we have that understanding, we can work towards uh, understanding and agreeing on our differences. So good, Pastor Tim. Can you pray for us? Uh, great for those who are watching, those who are listening to this podcast. It would be a high honor. So, dimly Father, I thank you for uh, those that are leaning into this moment, those that are being intentional uh, in this moment right here, right now, wherever they may be, whatever time they may be listening uh, to us on, and God, whatever season of life that they may be in. I ask God that you would order their steps and direct their path. And God, I thank you that you would give them clarity about this season as well as the next season so that they could make plans and preparation uh, to carry out the assignment that you've called them to carry out. And God, I thank you that you would uh, just cover them with peace and with joy, understanding what a privilege, what an honor, what an opportunity it is to serve and build your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Tim, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.